Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. You may not always like his opinion, but you can bet he'll have one. Welcome to The Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. I had quite a conversation earlier this morning with Anthony Hannemeyer. Anthony Hannemeyer is going to be joining us in about uh, two hours' time. Not everybody's going to hear that because some of our stations are going to be broadcasting uh, other events. But uh, you can also, anytime, listen online, of course. But Anthony Hannemeyer was arrested and charged with the sexual assault of a 15-year-old in her bedroom. And he was then offered a deal by the Crown. I don't want to give away everything, but he was offered a deal by the Crown. And he said, no, I didn't do this. I'm not guilty. And his lawyer advised him that maybe taking the deal would be a good idea because he'd spend significantly less time in prison than if he were convicted. So he took the deal, even though he didn't commit the crime. It was found out, though, that he did not commit the sexual assault. He's out of prison, and the individual who did commit the sexual assault was Paul Bernardo, the serial killer and rapist. So we're going to talk to Anthony Hannemeyer later on today. Uh, We've spoken a lot about our Canadian veterans, Canadian Armed Forces veterans. And the fact that uh, there's a class action lawsuit, the Equitas lawsuit underway in British Columbia at the moment with veterans charging the federal government not responsibly looking after their needs and not living up to the arrangement and the... and the uh, and the... Um, I guess it's a rule that existed, a moral rule that existed. The government was responsible morally for the men and the women in uniform who risked and often gave their lives. And it was Prime Minister Robert Borden who in 1917 said to the troops, you need have no fear that the government of the country will fail to show just appreciation of your service. And the government and the country will consider it their first duty to prove to returned men It's just and due appreciation for the inestimable value of the service rendered to the country. That was before the Battle of Mimi Ridge. And now we have men and women of our armed forces coming home from battle, terribly wounded, injured, and not receiving what they require and not willing to put up with it. And it's been a debate point in this country far too long. And so now, as we said... There's the Equitas lawsuit, and we've talked about that on a number of occasions on the program, including having Don Sorokin, the lawyer who is handling the case for the ex-military members, pro bono, because it would be awfully expensive, 
And the federal government can just use your tax dollars and my tax dollars to fight the, the veterans in court. They have all the money they need. It's yours and it's mine. My affection and my concern and my caring is for the men and the women in uniform. And I know just from checking at, at the Roy Green Show on our Twitter account, many of you are feeling exactly the same way. So joining me on the show, and we spoke with him a week ago yesterday on Remembrance Day, is uh, Major uh, Ken Campbell, PCLI, lost his legs in an IED attack in Afghanistan. And uh, living the, the reality of government indifference and what it does to the men and the women, and particularly to, to him and his family, after the tragic events that he endured, Major Campbell, good to speak with you again. Uh, good to be here, Roy. Also with me is John Brassard, a conservative member of parliament, and he has a private member's bill, C-378, which would largely rectify the situation for Canada's harmed while on duty armed forces members. Mr. Brassard, good to talk to you. Hi, Roy. How are you doing today? Well, I'm doing fine. How are you doing? Very good. Thank you. Uh, Major Campbell, let me begin with you. Can you just remind us of the situation that you're feel, facing from the federal government as you continue with the Equitas class action lawsuit against the government? Um, sure, Roy. We, um, um, the, the, the gist of the, the, the lawsuit is, is that um, we believe that uh, veterans of uh, the newer, our new generation of veterans since uh, 1st April 2006 are, um, are being discriminated against um, on the basis of uh, financial compensation for, uh, for injuries, uh, wounds accrued uh, in service to, to the Crown. And the, the, the fundamental issue is about a 40% discrepancy uh, in, in, in the amount of financial compensation that's available to uh, disabled um, soldiers, sailors, airwomen, airmen, um, under the so-called New Veterans Charter, as opposed to the former Pension Act, which ceased in, uh, in 2006. So a 40% reduction in our disability uh, during the war in Afghanistan while we were fighting the war, and uh, the powers of be didn't really bother to tell us or educate us about the implications of that new Veterans Charter. And it wasn't until we were in our hospital beds uh, recovering from our wounds in battle or received in battle that we, we, we came to realize that we'd been financially stiffed in, 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 in the process. Um, and, and so we've, we've, we've got this, this ludicrous situation in Canada now where we've got soldiers um, with the same injuries arising from the same war, but because of an arbitrary date set in the middle of it for a change in legislation, are receiving fundamentally different levels of financial compensation for the same wounds, same war. I mean, it's, it's just it's unconscionable. You know, you try to wrap your head around it, and it's just bizarre. What's it do to your life? Well, I mean, the sense of betrayal was 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 staggering. I you know, I would argue that uh, to to whatever extent I have psychological injuries, they arise from the moral injury of having been betrayed by the very institution that I served loyally for thirty two years. Moreover, or more so than uh, than the wounds I received, um, I would argue that my my PTSD and my my issues at night, kicking and fighting, uh, being backed into a corner, and my dreams are are all about being backed into a corner by my very own government. Mm -hmm. Mr. Brassard, uh, first of all, congratulations, or thank you for having the interests of the veterans at heart with your private member's legislation. You just heard the major. You know what the situation is. You point out in, uh, in, in a release from, from your office that it was uh, Prime Minister David Cameron of the United States, or United States, of the United Kingdom, who uh, entrenched a sacred obligation with its military 
And so he was the first one to put it in writing. So when you know what's going on in Canada, when you hear Major Campbell, First of all, what effect does that have on you, and and uh, and what does your what does your legislation do to change it? Well, uh, first of all, uh, um, it's good to hear Mark uh, again, and Mark and I have met on many occasions uh, uh, in my role as critic for Veterans Affairs. And uh, you're quite right. You know, I found it interesting when you read about uh, Sir Robert Borden's address to the troops mm-hmm. just ahead of Vimy Ridge, speaking about this sacred obligation. Uh, you know, I take this very personal, Roy. I in my role as critic for Veterans Affairs, I traveled across the country. I met with veterans. I met with the Equitas Group. I met with stakeholders. I met with veterans' families. And they had all uh, talked to me about this sacred obligation, this uh, military covenant uh, that Canada, at least at one point, seemed to have back in 1917 when Sir Robert Borden addressed those troops. And uh, over the past hundred years, there seems to be a diminishing um, obligation on the part of government, all governments, and I'm not just saying that this is a conservative, liberal, NDP NDP issue, but on the, on the part of all govern, uh, governments, that has disconnected uh, between what I think the people of Canada feel, and the people of Canada feel that there is that moral and that sacred obligation on the part of uh, all of Canada, including its governments, to look after our veterans and that's what i'm trying to address so what would you what is your legi- what does your legislation call for to change the situation from what uh, major campbell described to us right well i think you know you go back to uh, what the united kingdom did under prime minister david cameron and they were you're quite right they were the first and only country in the world to establish a military covenant uh, with its uh, with its veterans and so what i'm hoping to do is to take the principles of what was established in England and uh, entrench them into legislation here in Canada through uh, amendments to the Veterans Affairs Act. And so what I'm hoping to do is that veterans and their dependents and survivors be treated with the dignity to respect and fairness that they require, understanding that there's a uniqueness of uh, veterans' duties, the sacrifices, and the impact to their families, and that decisions regarding care, treatment, and transition to civilian life be made in a timely manner. So what I'm hoping to do by entrenching this in legislation is not just make it some aspirational uh, saying on the walls of Veterans Affairs uh, headquarters. Mm -hmm. I'm hoping that this obligates every single government from this point forward, every single Minister of Veterans Affairs, everybody that works within the bureaucracy, to, to make sure that they look after our veterans. Yeah, no, I understand that, but mm-hmm. you're going to have to get governments or get the current government and and other MPs to go along and, and sign on, and then there has to be a tangible response, a tangible benefit to veterans like Major Campbell. Major Campbell, what do you what, what do you think of uh, what John Brassard is doing, and what has to follow that? Well, I think it's a I think it's a very welcome initiative, uh, first and foremost, and. I, I thank John for 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 putting that forward on, as a private member's bill. Um, I think a, um, a covenant between a formal covenant between uh, the government of Canada and its and its veteran population uh, would serve as a as a timely reminder of of that sacred obligation that we refer to. Mm-hmm. Um, because I I do agree with uh, with with Mr. Broussard that uh, there has been uh, perhaps a diminishing of 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 of. Not, not necessarily appreciation, certainly not on the part of the people of Canada, but of the government of Canada um, for its veterans, and a desire to to avoid long-term financial obligation in the form of uh, 
of uh, lifelong pensions, in, in particular for disabled soldiers. It's really so, too bad that we're talking about this. It's well, so it, sad it that we have to talk about this, that there isn't automatically in place what Sir Robert Borden said was in place in 1917. It's too bad that governments and successive governments have decided, no, we don't have a moral obligation. We don't have a, a social contract with our men and women in uniform. It really is sad that that's the reality. Gentlemen, let me get you to hold on, and then we're going to talk for a few minutes longer. I know you have to catch a, a, a plane, Mr. Broussard, but we'll be back in, in just a minute. Then we'll go to your calls, because I know closer to the hearts of Canadians is no one than the men and the women of the military. Although, quite oddly, our government is fighting the veterans, but they found $10.5 million for a self-confessed terrorist and murderer. We'll come right back. Don't let his bark fool you. Roy has a softer side, too. This is the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Send your emails to Roy at RoyGreenShow.com and follow me on Twitter. It's at the Roy Green Show. Now, uh, remember, as we talk with Major Ken Campbell and John Brassard, the uh, CPC member of Parliament, whose private member's bill would require that there be a covenant between the government and uh, members of our military, remember that uh, both the Conservative Party and the Liberal Party of Canada committed to a national memorial for those who served in Afghanistan some 40,000 between 2001 and 2014, including 158 who died. And that memorial was supposed to accompany another memorial for the forces members who were awarded the Victoria Cross. We're still waiting on that one. There doesn't seem to be money for the men and the women of the military, but uh, for members of Parliament, there is an exceptionally rich pension that awaits them. And the only thing that the veterans are asking for fairness and consideration, and not to be pushed aside. Uh, I'd like to have the Member of Parliament's view of Mr. Trudeau finding $10.5 million for Omar Khadr, Mr. Brassard. Uh, $10.5 million for Khadr, but no, we're going to go to court and we're going to fight our own military for appropriate pensions and benefits. Well, and I don't uh, think that's apples and oranges. It's uh, it's as ridiculous as you make it uh, sound. Uh, you know, uh, by precluding, I don't understand how the Trudeau government could preclude any decision of any court uh, based on the fact that they just simply rolled over on Mr. Catter. Uh, and you're quite right. I mean, why should our why should our veterans uh, continue to fight uh, their government in court, especially after Mr. Trudeau stood up in Belleville? Uh, with veterans and uh, uh, members of his own caucus now who uh, were ex-military members and said uh, specifically and point blank that no veteran should ever fight its government in court. And yet here we are, uh, the Equitas Group continues the litigation and uh, was held in abeyance by uh, former Minister of Veterans Affairs, as you know, Aaron O'Toole. Uh, There was uh, work proceeding to come up with a negotiated uh, agreement. I remember uh, that, yeah. With the Equitas Group. And 
When the abeyance agreement uh, subsided uh, in May of 2016, the first thing the Trudeau government did was start uh, the court case all over. You know, uh, with, with all due respect, I know I bring up Mr. Trudeau, this isn't about turning one political party, making them look better than another. It's about the it's about taking care of our, our, our veterans. And your private member's bill certainly begins the process in a very significant manner by establishing that there has to be respect. Major Campbell, what about that aspect of, of things? Here you are, and you explain to us on Remembrance Day, you explain to us what it is, uh, that how it's affecting your life, and what you said a little earlier in, in greater detail because we had more time. Uh, but at the same time, Mr. Trudeau can find $10.5 million for Mr. Cotter, and he can explain it away as though all Canadians are responsible for what happened to, uh, to Cotter, and that maybe if he uh, if he makes the payment, first of all he'll save us money, and secondly he'll remind us not to not to treat Canadians improperly. The irony is inescapable. Yeah, it, uh, I mean, it, I mean, it certainly it, it cuts. There's no there's no question about it. And and on top of the 10.5 million for Omar Carter, of course, is the 30 million for the other three gentlemen um, who were who were held in uh, that's right in, uh, prison overseas. So. Um, this, this seems, and, and then we've got a fifty million dollar lawsuit pending. And another one coming, yeah. Government from from yet another uh, another uh, asylum seeker. So um, yeah, it's a, it, it, it's an interesting situation to say the least. I mean, those those tens of millions of dollars could go an awfully long way um, to support some of the needs of particularly our our, our, our more junior veterans, uh, the ones who are are seriously disabled, and there aren't many of them, um, but who are tied to you know. Uh, an income of about fifty-seven thousand dollars a year for the rest of their lives. Um, try to raise a family and and you know kids and send them off to university and do all those things that you want to do as a parent, um, including you know finding a finding a significant other and getting married and, and and all that. And you can't do it when your when your income is 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 literally you know a couple thousand dollars above the low income cutoff in Canada. And you can't do it when the court when the when the government's fighting you in court to deny you just what uh, common decency would su- suggest they are at least committed to yeah and that 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 that's really the 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 part that that rubs us uh, the wrong way is is the fact that uh, for whatever reason the liberal government elected immediately uh, notwithstanding what the prime minister had explicitly said um, they they chose to take us back to uh, back to court in uh, in in in, uh, in may of 2016 right. so um yeah, that 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 whole thing came as a bit of a surprise, and then to have the federal lawyers fall back on the exact same argument right. that they tried the first time, um, uh, with, that is that is that Canada has no duty of, of of particular obligation to its its veterans. Okay, Major Campbell, I have to stop because, you know, it's the end of the segment. But I, as always, I I really appreciate you coming on, uh, Mr. Brassard. Good luck with the private members legislation. We'll watch it carefully, and we'll go to our callers when we come back. Thank you, Major Campbell. Thank you, Mr. Brassard. Thank so you, welcome. Roy. Thank you, Roy. We'll come back on the Roy Green Show. It's the Chorus Radio Network. And if you have something to say, 800-263-2428 is the number to call. Want to get started with it? 800-263-2428.